0: Hi, hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's Serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead.
1: My name's Kate. Hi, guys. How's it going?
0: Hello. We're back. I feel like we're just going to keep saying this now until we're back to normal. We're
1: back. (laughs) So how have you been, Kate? What have you been been up to? Not much. Just riding out life, folding tees. Fun. Yep. You know it. (laughs) I've been traveling loads. I was
0: in London last week and I fly to Poland tomorrow as of when we're recording this. Absolute
1: jet setter. Jet setter life, let me tell you. I'm fecking knackered. You look like um, Sharpay when she walks off that plane and she's got like all bags down her arms and little dog walking down. She's like, I've arrived. If you combine that (laughs) with
0: like Wednesday Adams, then you're like set. (laughs) I think that would like sum me up to a T. But yeah, so we're still on our bi-weekly Schedule as much as possible um hopefully there won't be too many breaks to that anyways I don't think there should be but have you any news that you want to share with folks or anything like that
1: no no it's been a pretty boring two yeah. weeks yeah I haven't really done anything fair start of the year I don't have any money to go do anything hmm. have I done anything no I've not even been to the cinema I've really not done nothing okay gotcha. I've done nada I don't think I have either in fairness really anyway. caught up on Love Island that's what I am <laughs> very caught up on Love Island <laughs>
0: great i'm currently on my annual rewatch of the vampire diaries because i'm that person but
1: never in my life have i watched vampire diaries it's it's so it's such trash it's
0: absolutely just Says wanting to capitalize on how popular twilight was like a thousand percent did
1: vampire diaries come out before or after twilight
0: pretty sure it came out after twilight because in the first oh. season there's a lot of kind of taking the piss out of the like the vampire oh like, excellent tropes and stuff so it's trashy but it's great I feel like this time of the year because not a lot of shows come out this time of the year I feel I've already rewatched Gossip Girl and now I'm on to Vampire Diaries wow yeah you just keep on going yeah trudging away but since we have no news I suppose we should probably get on to the news
1: pins guess who didn't do the January pins us so
0: <laughs> there was no point <laughs>
1: My mum was like, oh, so I just talked about the podcast, I guess you talked about the pins, and I was like, no. It was the last week no, of January. No, did not. <laughs> there was no point. So, now we're on to février, which is February, for those who don't speak immaculate French. So, basically, it's the month of Kate, <laughs> and I can't buy any of them. So, we start off with tar of pins. <sighs>
0: They're really nice. In fairness,
1: they are. They're they're actually really nice, and it's very upsetting. So first, we've got a Hollywood Tower Hotel lanyard for nine ninety nine, and it's got someone falling down the lift. Is it Donald? Hmm. Maybe it the uh, if I zoom in, it just becomes a mash of colour.
0: Yeah. DLP report will post a like nice picture of it closer to the time.
1: I would say. Yeah. So I love it. I want it. Then we have a cute little stitch hanging from the, like, chainy bit of the lift with, like, little pair of scissors. And go snip, snip, bye. And he's dressed like a bellhop. They're continuing theme here. <laughs> um, And he's an open-edition for $9.99. Then you've got bellhop goof, who looks awfully disgruntled to have a day job. He's not uh, pleased at all. He's <laughs> like, meh. He's 6 dollars Then you've got Chip and Dale, who are look delighted to have their day job as a bellhop. <laughs> um, they're carrying a suitcase and holding a moose key. And they're $9.99. Then there is just like um, a picture of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. It looks extremely similar to one that they've already brought out because I own it. And that's $9.99. And then there's like a Hollywood Tower Hotel logo pin for $6.99. They're all open edition and they're all released on 8th of February. Yeah. Also released on 8th of February is a limited edition to 700 St. Valentine's pin with Donald dressed as Cupid. It's 16 euro. Mmm. I don't think it does anything. I think the the 2020 bit might be like danglies. Yeah, it looks dangly. But also, the colours seem really weird in it. Mm. And I don't really enjoy it. No. Anyway, if you want one, they you probably miss them if you're only going by our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that <laughs> and yeah so if you want one you have to be lime Brady. they're probably all gone now so I'll buy then moving on to Saturday after which is the 15th of February we've got one of those little card holder pouches but I think it's one of the ones with the little ziplock things at the top yeah um, of just classic princesses multi princess if you will and that's 5 then we've got a cute little Mickey and Minnie ceremony, which I assume is like wedding-ish. They look like they're in wedding attire. But she's also not really wearing a wedding dress. So her dress is like goldy silver. Not goldy silver. Bluey silver. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's $7.99. They're dancing. Then there's a random aerial pin hmm. <laughs> who's holding flounder. That's it's cute. Yeah, it's very nice. And then it's $7.99. Then there is a really cool Rapunzel and Flynn one where Rapunzel has Flynn, like, wrapped up in her hair and is, like, running away with him. Highly enjoy. And I'd say it'd be quite big, and it's only 7 99 Yeah, it looks like it'd be quite big. Yeah, which I like. Then there's also the classic, the ever-so-classic, Pascal in Rapunzel's dress, looking like the unhappy. Then we have a cool Star Wars lanyard, which, as Sinead said, is... Find Darth Vader. Where's Vader? It's like, Stormtrooper, 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 you got it so it's 9 99 then we move on to the Saturday after in 29th of February with a inspiration nope, I said it wrong again <laughs> collection of inspiration by Roman Gosta slash Costa cannot rewriting there is a Merlin pin of him water skiing in some nice pink Freddy knickers for 16 99 limited to 400 then there is the owl Archimedes Archimede Archimedes? Archimedes. There you go. For 16 99 also limited to 400 And then there's a really pretty tower pin for, for 16 dollars which is also limited to 400 And
0: also sus- looks suspiciously like Rapunzel's Tower. Over. I
1: also really don't know how it's going to look in real life because it's a pretty drawn picture. But in real life, I'm not really sure how it's going to go. Yeah, because it's just plain silver. Yeah, I'm excited. Anyways. Then, also some open edition pins released that day are also some onward pins... So we've got Chris Pack's character, who in French is called Lan, and no, in French is called Burley, and then in Tom mm. Holland's character, who in French is called Lan, is giving him a nuggie. And then we've also got Tom Holland's character, who's called Lan, holding this big stick thing with a gem in the top, which I guess is important to the storyline. Yeah. We
0: looked up their English names and it's Ian and Burley, but for some reason they've just
1: gone Lan and
0: Burley. They've, they, yeah. <laughs> I won't, I won't question you too much. Any huzzles?
1: Then, oh, I did this the wrong way around. If we just hop back to Saturday the 15th for a moment, they're, they're, we're continuing with the carousels oh, this year. Yes. I think we're going to keep going. So we've got Cinderella. She's 15 99 limited to 700 Then we've also got this cute little Mulan and Mushu one for World's Best Friends, which I guess actually also makes sense. Yeah. I hate the ones that don't make sense. They're 99 and limited to $700. There is also new Pin Trading Time. So do you know the way they stopped like the events? So now at Cowboy Cookout Barbecue on the 5th of February from 1 to 5 they're doing like pin trading time. Which I guess is just like everyone come get your pins. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. And that's everything for the pins. Woohoo. So previously we'd mentioned
0: that DLP for the first time was going to have one of the princess runs as part of their Run Disney events this year. Which are taking place on May 9th and 10th for the 5 and 8k respectively. So they went on sale yesterday as of when we're recording this. They went on sale on Monday the 3rd of February. And as far as I'm aware, all hell broke loose. But I logged into it today and you can still book some of them. Oh. Which I was unsure of. So if you want to do the (laughs) Cinderella... (laughs) It's just, all I kept seeing online last night was people had been placed in virtual queues. And people freaking out about not getting bibs, but... Still seems they still seem to be available online now, right? Okay, but, anyways, so we'll start with the cheapest. So, the cheapest is the kids' run, which it takes place on May 9th, 2020, and that is 16 euro for a ticket. You also have to pay a 250 booking charge with all of these as well, just bear that in mind. Absolutely outrageous! Yep, then if you want to do the Disneyland Paris Princess 8K, that is 52 euro, and there's also a 250. Don't forget it. <laughs> um. Oh, I
1: hate that they've not done that in the right order. Oh, That's so annoying. Oh, no.
0: So then the 5K is slightly cheaper. That's 43 euro. I'm
1: going to be honest. I wondered why there was an 8K but no 5K.
0: <laughs> I, just, I don't know.
1: So the 8K, 43 euro. That takes place
0: on the 9th. The, 10th, the 8K takes place on the 10th. This is getting very confusing. And then if you want to do both, it's 108 euro.
1: Is that any cheaper? <laughs> Have they just added them together? It's more
0: expensive to do the two together.
1: What? No.
0: Unless maybe that's because you're paying for, because that's the Cinderella challenge 13k. So maybe it's get because you medal? pay for the extra medal. Yeah, But it's probably. 95 euro if you do them separately. them separately. So if you don't care about getting an additional medal, you can save yourself 13 quid. But for an extra 13 quid. Get the third medal. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're going to do it, you
0: might as well get the medal. How frustrating. Oh, you can also purchase a PhotoPass Plus for during the run, which is €29. Euro, Definitely not worth it. Um, for either of the days. um, Or you can get it... Oh, and that's only valid for one bib. So, do they tell everybody else to get out of the picture? I don't know. Or if you wanted to last you for the whole Run Disney weekend, then it's €45 Euro, and that's valid for up to three bibs.
1: Yeah, so maybe they do tell you to get out of the picture. Maybe.
0: Or maybe you have to be with the person. Oh. You know what I mean? I wonder um, how they regulate that. And then you can, if you are going to the parks for the run and then also just spending time in the parks, you can get it for 79 euros. So that'll be for all of the runs up to three bibs. And then it'll last for 10 days after that as well. Why you would spend 10 days in DLP at one time, I don't know. <laughs> but here we are. So yeah, that's all the stuff for Run Disney. Um, if you want to go and book it, if you go to hyphen book- princess run Disneyland Paris then it should be able to take you there but yeah neither of us are doing this because neither of us like to run
1: absolutely not ever even for buses <laughs> moving especially on buses. especially buses <laughs> never there will be another one yeah um Mickey the magician is back yeah the Animagic theater has now transformed from Mickey's big band back to Mickey the magician thank God Disney Paris have realized that this is a really good show and they need to keep it. Uh, it was in soft opening there for a little bit but it's officially opened you can catch it in the Animagic Theatre up until September 6th yay
0: I love Mickey the Magician it's because it's great it's it's such a good show like we kind of dragged everybody over to go see it on the first day of our holiday in October and it just it makes my heart so happy I love Mickey the Magician the
1: only thing I could possibly ever suggest is that there is like 15% more English in it but that's about it yeah
0: everything else is great it's adorable. I absolutely love it. Next up, we've had the tickets get released for DLP Pride, which is terribly exciting. So Disneyland Paris Pride takes place on June 6th. And it is taking place within Disneyland Paris, the Disneyland Park itself. And tickets are quite expensive. Wow. Quite expensive. How much do you think it is?
1: I actually haven't looked. Is this just for the party? Yeah. That's all this is for, right? Yeah. Mm, 87. Oh, they're actually not...
0: mm, They're not too bad. So there's the DLP Pride Early Bird Standard Ticket. Okay. Which is 67.33. I wasn't far off then. There's a... DLP Pride Early Bird Ticket Plus. Okay. I don't know what the difference is. Oh, they don't tell you. And it's, it they don't tell you on the page that I'm currently on. Oh, okay. And that's 8246. Oh, it really wasn't far off then. Yeah. And then standard ticket that's not Early Bird is 7921. Uh, or the plus ticket that's not Early Bird is 9701. What is the dif- What is the difference? Does your plus get you like and gift? This ticket gives you access to both Disney parks from 4pm. Why the hell would you want to go over to studios after 4pm? They're closed at like... It includes access to Disneyland Park from 8pm to 2am on June 6th, 2020. Book as of four tickets before the 14th of February 2020 and get 15% off the public price of the standard DLP Pride ticket.
1: Do you know what I'm like? That meme where the girls doing the maths and all those algorithms have come up. You mean Vanjie? Sure.
0: It's Miss Vanjie from Drag Race. Oh, okay. Um, what I've seen online is if you want to get the 15% off, you have to buy four tickets all together at the one time, mm-hmm. which is seems a little frustrating. I don't know what the story is with annual pass holder discounts or anything like that. It doesn't seem glaringly obvious
1: to me here that there is
0: any annual pass holder.
1: But to be honest, discounts. they never are. It's usually when you ring and you're like, hey, can I get an AP discount? And they're like, yeah, oh, right. yes, madam, of course
0: true they haven't announced any of the acts yet which i find interesting and i assume they're not planning on announcing anything until after february 14th this is like when longitude sells out before anyone's even been named and you're like why though i just hope that nina west is playing because i think i still don't think i will be able to go over for it Mm. but i think that would just like make nina west's life because she's an absolute disney nut
1: it would be cool as well love her but yeah so if you're looking to get your tickets for that go on to the dlp website then moving on to something that you shouldn't even worry about buying your park admission for. Um back in December, a DLP Report announced that Waltz is scheduled to finally reopen on February 19th. The restaurant will serve lunch daily, except Mondays and Tuesdays. Then very recently they said that the latest restaurant opening times listed now shows Waltz closed all of February. What is going on with this restaurant? I don't know. Like I don't it makes. No sense. Why would you serve lunch every day except Monday and Tuesday?
0: Because maybe they're lower capacity days. It just seems... I don't... I don't know. I don't understand. And also only
1: serve lunch.
0: Yes thing, they only serve lunch. So maybe they do it that day so that they don't have to have as big, uh, like, army of cast members. So that everybody has Mondays and Tuesdays off. And then everybody works five days. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Um... It just—I don't know what's going on with it because it had a massive refurb last year, and then they just closed it. And now it's closed, and nobody really knows why. But did they not close it because of the rats? Do you think it's still a rat problem? I don't. Well, that wasn't one hundred percent confirmed. So it definitely was. They were rumors. We're not allegedly there were rats, but it's an upstairs restaurant, so I don't really
1: understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I don't know. If there's any further updates on it, we'll let you know. But as of now, Waltz is still very much shot.
1: It's just an Autopia nightmare.
0: Next up, we had a new visual come out for this year's Lion King and Jungle Festival, which is still, I think, the clunkiest name for a festival. But, but it's
1: good, so we live with it.
0: Yeah, it's had phenomenal success last year. This year it's running from June 30th to September 13th, which is the day after
1: my birthday and
0: because yeah. I know you're
1: all dying to know <laughs>
0: exactly but yeah it's just a really nice picture it's in a jungle area and it has Timon and Pumbaa King Louie Baloo and I think yeah Mickey Mouse in his little explorer outfit it has a castle in the background with the little daytime powdery fireworks shooting <sighs> off so yeah again oh sorry it's June 20th not June 30th my apologies but yeah it has some really great reviews last year it's just The time of year that it is, I'll probably never see it. It's too hot.
1: Too dang hot
0: and busy. Yeah, like I would not be ours going during the summer because F that. And then if I'm getting into September time, I may as well hang on and go for Halloween. Or just
1: wait till everyone goes back to school. Like it just... Yeah. It's a proper like... You gotta really be committed to it. It's a proper like... Like I understand why they put it on because it's a peak season and it's good to have lots of things on when there's more people. But also no. Yeah, absolutely not. Then moving stateside... Soaring Over California returns to Disney California Adventure starting February 28th.
0: I'm, I'm glad this is coming back. I, I think they're permanently going to keep that there.
1: Yeah, because everyone was real pissed and then everyone was real happy and then everyone was real pissed again. And I just think we should just stick with it because people seem to like it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the Super Bowl happened this past week. Couldn't give a flying toss about it. However, that usually means that Disney released a whole heck load of trailers uh, one of the main trailers that we got was around some of the new Marvel shows, which are coming to Disney+. Plus. So we got to see some bits from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision and Loki. WandaVision looks like it's going to be a time.
1: Yeah, I said to Ed, I was like, the, the WandaVision stuff looks amazing. It yeah. looks really exciting how they're taking it. Yeah. I'm also like, is that how it's going to be for the whole thing? Are there going to be like sections of it? It just looks fab yeah because sections of it
0: look like it's black and white a
1: 1950s think
0: oh what is that restaurant in disney world dine-in
1: something no not sci-fi dining. home i know the one you're talking about the one where they like force feed you food yeah
0: the one where you go and you get the fried chicken and they like slag you off the whole time why can i not think of the fucking name of it but anyways it looks like that kind of style Loki they didn't show a whole lot of it because I actually don't I don't
1: think think they've actually filmed much (laughs) of it
0: yes but Falcon and Winter Soldier looks grand it just I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier is kind of just going to be your traditional Marvel movie just sliced up into episodes which is fine if it's worked quite well for the Mandalorian so yeah And as a reminder for anybody over this side of the world, we are getting Disney Plus a week early. So it'll get released on March 24th, which is mine and Breffney's anniversary. I've only just remembered. So delightful. (laughs) I wonder what we'll be doing on our anniversary. 50s prime time? 50s prime time. That's it. Thank you. Thank
1: you very much, Kate. I appreciate that. No problems. So then moving on to something else that Disney have announced that they're going to be putting up on Disney Plus. They are to release a recording of Hamilton with the original Broadway cast next year, which is extremely exciting for anyone that is a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan, which is a lot of Disney people because he did the music for um, Moana. Moana and he was in Mary Poppins Returns and he's just really into the whole Disney universe and so it's really exciting. And also Hamilton's really still very expensive to go see in anywhere unless you get the really, really cheap tickets that are only released in small, small quantities. Mm. So for anyone who's ever wanted to go see Hamilton like myself and has no money to go see Hamilton like myself, this is really exciting, especially because it's the original Broadway cast. Uh, when this originally came out on Broadway for a little tiny bit it wasn't as popular as it is now so people could get like tickets for not not that expensive and see the entire cast with Lin-Manuel Miranda and everyone and then like a week later tickets were like ten thousand (laughs) dollars Because everyone was like, my God, what a fantastic show. So this is super exciting. It's also great because it's really just a good idea, I think, to do it in general. Because anyone who's desperately want to go see it has already gone to go see Hamilton. Yeah. But it also stops people recording in the theatre, which obviously is extremely frowned upon, but also still happens. Yeah. Because people find their ways. So why, like, the best way to stop people filming stuff is we're going to produce a high-quality recording of the show that you can just watch through our medium. Yeah. And then people don't need to record it because you know where you can get a high quality version of it. Yeah. I hope
0: they do this with some other like Disney affiliated shows and stuff like The Lion King and everything like that. I think it'd be a really really cool kind of aspect of something to have Mm
1: -hmm. on Disney+. And I
0: like that they're branching out into something completely different.
1: Oh, apparently it was supposed to be... Sorry, just looking at this article on the days. Apparently it was supposed to be released earlier, but the delay is due to the filming of In the Heights, which is also a movie that Lim manuel Miranda wrote. Oh, there you go. It was a musical that's been turned into a movie, but that's also been known to my Warner Brothers, so I don't think Warner Brothers give a shit. They're like, we're going to keep him for as long as we need him. (laughs) Tough shit. (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, that's really exciting. Yes. Um,
0: Next up, it got announced today that we have a new colour collection. Way Woo! So that gets released tomorrow, tomorrow being the 5th of February. So by the time this gets released, gets released, it'll have already come into the park. So Disneyland Paris are getting aerial. Aere, I can't even say this. Aerio. <laughs> uh. Disneyland Paris is getting aerial Grotto Coral. Yes, that is as clunky as you think it is to say. So, we're getting a spirit jersey, which is 59 99 which looks suspiciously similar to Kate's rose gold one. Right? It's slightly ombre right. Yeah. Very slightly ombre But it also
1: looks like an awful colour that would clash with a lot of people's skin tones. Yeah. Just looks no no fun.
0: Yeah. Then there's some sparkly coral ears. So it looks like they are sequin ears. And then the bow is that like shiny metallic y fabric that if you kind of think as to what Purple Potion had, mm-hmm. similar to that. And then there's a lounge fly backpack. Sorry, the ears are 22.99 and then the lounge fly backpack is 80 euro seventy nine ninety nine. And it's very similar to the ears, as in its sequin, and then it has like shiny metallic coral.
1: What's your thoughts, Kate? I don't care for it. No, me neither. I would much prefer the other stuff we're about to talk about, but I just, I don't understand why DLP keeps getting these weird colours that no one else seems to really be getting in like force. They're like, hey, DLP's getting this thing. Wow. And then, oh, also it's coming to the American parks. But the American parks are getting this thing. DLP gets just that other thing that we talked about. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's 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 odd. Like I don't understand why the ones they're pushing in DLP are all like the shit block colors. I'm sorry. Right. I've just remembered that Gosh. in between
0: us recording, DLP got a bloody lovely spirit jersey, and we never talked about it. Oh, the Paris one. Yes. So they got they released a. It's a white spirit jersey, it's and then if you think from like the Parisian the line that's on the spirit jersey mm-hmm. from there down, it's with navy stripes. I think. And then it has a little DLP logo on the front in red and in the back it says Disneyland Paris in red. And it just that is beautiful.
1: That I would that I would like. There's too much white on it for me. It's a yeah. dangerous game, me and white. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a messy five year old. <laughs> too, too and also can't wash clothes. <laughs> so white and me, no go. Um but yeah, if you think like classic revolutionary Parisian, oh very Hamilton esque, that's that spear Yeah,
0: and I would really like it. Because that with my red ears and a red lip ah be beautiful beautiful
1: there you go that's coordination i do not obtain then moving on to more merch and the merch that i want they released a like bring it back 70s collection yeah to uh disney world and disneyland why i want this one more i don't know because it's also white but see i think i like it but i probably wouldn't buy it because it's so white yeah, So it's a white spirit jersey with like um, multicolored bands down the middle and the arms. And then it says Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris on the back in... Not Disneyland Paris. Uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort in red, orange, yellow and red. Repeat it. Then there's a bunch of like tanks and hoodies. Ooh, look at that pretty blue one that says Disneyland Resort. That looks like the yellow one that everyone really likes. And some sweatpants for some reason. And... The wristbands look like they're um advertising that 70 show. <laughs> it's like the exact same sort of like vibe. And there's some baseball caps and some bags and the thing that everyone's obviously talking about, the platform crocs, ladies and gentlemen. The platform crocs. What a dream. I know you're really
0: excited about this collection. I actually hate everything that's in it. The I think that magic's I think that,
1: $50. I think that magic band is horrific. It's really bad, isn't it? No, it's not that great. I, I just really like the um i like the vibe of it i like the spirit jersey but like it's also very colorful which
0: it's very rainbowy and i am not which i am but yeah
1: i enjoy the matching tracksuit like i'd never wear it it'd be i mean it'd be a good travel outfit i guess yeah but i like that the top they've advertised is disney world and the bottoms are disneyland <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah i mix and match what diversity i'm oh. i'm personally not a fan of it i think they're weird colors I enjoy them. They're very seventies, I yeah. think, because when you look at the, I think the, I think the Magic Band is really like where it's showcasing the seventies most, which is like the brownies with the orange and stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, we're proud, Sinead. We're proud. Not a fan.
0: Not a fan. I think that's
1: everything, Kate. Yeah, I think
0: that's everything for the Except for one thing. You know what today, is, Sinead. Today's Tuesday. So you know what that means? <laughs>
1: It's special guest Tuesday! Time du because we didn't bring it to you last week. Yeah, so this week guest our Tuesday was Thumper and Miss Bunny. And last Woo. week
0: <laughs> we had Mooshu.
1: Woo! Well, at least last week Mooshu was because of Chinese New Year. Yeah. So on that makes sense. On theme. Mm. But yeah, I mean
0: Thumper and Miss Bunny is fine. They're characters that aren't currently out in the park, so that's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, they're not the most exciting characters in the world but
1: meh yeah I have nothing else to add except meh I wouldn't be too annoyed if they came out let's just say that but I also wouldn't be overly joyous yeah so this week he's staying on
0: our attraction for attractions for fantasy land extravaganza that was the clunkiest way I could have said that but anyways this week we're going with it's a small world
1: S-M-O-L-W-O-L-D. And don't you already have the song stuck in your head? Small World. (laughs) So, do you want to read out the little synopsis of It's a Small World first, Kate? Would you like me to do the top one or the longer one? Whichever you'd like. It's a Small World, the happiest cruise that ever sailed. I feel like Disney Cruise Line sort of just come in and be like... Well, she was there first. This is true. Sing along to the classic anthem of world peace during a delightful musical boat tour hosted by the children of the world. From a colourful dock, climb aboard a cosy boat and set sail along the Seven Seaways waterway on a 10-minute journey. 10 minutes! Amid a vibrant multicolored backdrop exquisitely crafted out of paper mache, glitter and fabric, behold a cast of almost 300 traditionally dressed dolls from nearly every corner of the globe. Sing a simple song in their native language about universal harmony and dance. Travel to all seven continents and by journey's end, see for yourself that it truly is a small world after all. Wow, didn't I Waddle and waddle and waddle?
0: Much better than the Peter Pan's flight synopsis, I have to say. Indians, eh? Have to have to have <laughs> to give it to them for that one. So, some of the accessibility and other information. So, wheelchair accessible must be accompanied by an able-bodied person age 15 or over. Wheelchair users must transfer into the attraction vehicle alone or with assistance uh, and must be accompanied by at least one able-bodied person. The good thing about Small World is they do have wheelchair accessible boats where you can just scoot right on there and there are seats for anybody else in your party that does not sit in a wheelchair. So it's suitable for guests who have difficulty standing because you do sit down into a lovely little boat. Think Pirates of the Caribbean vibes authorization to ride the attraction depends on the type of limb, at- limb atrophy i'm never gonna not get that word wrong
1: no but every every week i really hope you do what <laughs> one, one week i will
0: but you can get the full list of what these may be at city hall donald esks studio services and central reservations offices Suitable for guests with a learning disability, autism, behavioural disorder, or mental health disorder. Again, must be accompanied by an able-bodied person over the age of 15. Suitable for visually impaired guests. Suitable for blind guests, but they must be accompanied by an able-bodied adult. Suitable for... Oh, guide and assistance dogs allowed! Oh, imagine <gasps> a pupper going around the world. Oh, all I want is to bring a dog on Small World now. <sighs> oh. The Bork Bork. Oh my god, I love it. Um, Suitable for hearing impaired guests, suitable for expectant mothers. There you go. Happy days. You can just go around on Small World 12 times. Suitable for guests with a debilitating illness or temporary physical impairment. Um, I honestly just want a doggo to go on Small World now.
1: Service animals permitted with caution.
0: I suppose if you have a a dog that'd be jumping out and then going and running around the sets, probably wouldn't be the best thing in the world. But
1: I can just imagine this is like the accessibility dog coming down and being like bork, and the customer being like, "Now we must behave." <laughs> <laughs> Most you. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much everything
0: as far as accessibility goes. And um, if your child is under seven, they must be accompanied by an adult because otherwise they'd be swimming for days. No, that's how they gather all the children, Kate. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, that was terrifying. That
1: was me. Really <laughs> so, do you want to read the information that's Where on you the go? website?
0: Sure. So they say, sit sail from the snow-capped Swiss Alps to the golden Serengeti. The children of the world are ready to make your acquaintance during your It's a Small World tour. Experience a rainbow of diverse cultures from such far off locales as Scandinavia, the British Isles, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Africa, Antarctica, South America, Australia and the South Pacific Islands America and Canada before you return home the children reunite oh, for Jesus a Christ. sparkling grand finale reminding us of the common bonds of friendship laughter and happiness we share and that if we see the world through the aisles of a child we realise we are all basically the same <laughs> I feel like that last the line really the children re- reunite <laughs> children uh, unite <laughs> that last line is horrific we'll realise we are all basically the same
1: you Who would this? You think you're a special? Ah, nah. Small world <laughs> proves we're oh, all basically the same. I'm so confused. But anyways, um, so just when you're looking at like where you go to, it is not Paris specifically. There is the first like installment of countries in South America, so America and Canada, because obviously the American parks didn't have them in the original ones because people live in America, in America. So they don't need to look at other places around America. Mm. (laughs) So Disneyland Paris is one of the first It's a Small World installments to get um, America and Canada. And it also has a more focus on languages like Arabic and I can't remember the other one. I want to say Swahili, but I know it's not Swahili. Okay. Hold on, I wrote it down. Bear with. Lads, K wrote notes. Hebrew. Hebrew and Arabic. There you I go. Knew it wasn't. Yeah. So this is like a more distinct Middle Eastern section. Okay. And the children sing in Hebrew and Arabic, which they don't do in the American ones. Oh, cute. There you go. Yes, I did. I did write things down. Thank you for noticing. <clears throat> and we move on. So the classic. Oh, do you want me to talk about the song? Sure. The classic song, written and composed by Academy Award-winning team of brothers, the Disney song "It's a Small World" is a timeless classic. I like that it doesn't mention the Sherman brothers. I was just Sherman about brothers. to say. I thought they were gonna. I thought the next sentence I was gonna read was be the Sherman brothers, but apparently we don't talk about them. It was written by the Sherman brothers. As you sail the seven seaways, "It's a Small World" is lovingly sung by the children of the world in their native languages, including. French, Italian, Japanese, Spanish, English, and Arabic. Ah, see, I was ahead of the curve. Oh, no, here they are. Despite the change in language, the Sherman Brothers came to the conclusion that a single musical theme was the way to bring the song together, thus reinforcing the Disney attraction's larger message of cultural unity and harmony. Um, what really happened (laughs) was the Disney? uh, Walt Disney asked the Sherman Brothers to make a song for the ride... Yeah, Because the ride was originally called something different. When it was released at the World's Fair, it was called Children of the World or something. Yes, That was like the working name for it. Yeah, Children of the World. And so Walt Disney asked the Sherman Brothers, I need a song for this ride and it needs to be like, good. And it's like about, it needs to be good, number one. Um, But it also needs to like be fitting with the ride. And so what the Sherman Brothers did was they overlapped tons of different national anthems together oh and just like played them all throughout the ride but basically everywhere I researched was like yeah it was like an assault on the ears or the eardrums yeah I would say so because a lot of them are very different yeah so Walt Disney went back to them and was like look I understand what you've done but no <laughs> I need something more cheer I need something better basically Um, that can be easily translated that was something that was really important because he knew he wanted each section to be singing in their language okay So the Sherman Brothers went back, they re-looked at it, and then they wrote, It's a Small World. But they first played it for Walt Disney really slowly, and he was like, man, that's a bit depressing. So they sped it up and did something else to it that is a musical term that I didn't understand. And then Walt Disney was like, great, cool. And then that also inspired him to change the name of the ride to It's a Small World. Oh, cute. Because the official song the Sherman Brothers wrote is "It's a Small World," and then in brackets, after all. Oh. But then Walt Disney was like, "Actually, yeah, this is a more fitting song." So, Disneyland Paris's explanation, almost there. <laughs> they like to sugarcoat things. Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> they they like to sugarcoat, sugarcoat it. Love it. So, when it comes to the design of It's a Small World, so Walt Disney selected Mary Blair, if you've watched The Imagineering Story, you know all about Mary Blair, as art director and Alice Davis as costume designer to bring It's a Small World to life. So, with her distinctive use of colour, geometric shapes, and a simple childlike art style, Mary Blair was known for her visual aesthetic Felt in every aspect, in every nation, in It's a Small World. As you glide through the many scenes, coloured paper in bold hues vividly create collages of some of the world's most beloved countries, giving you the impression of sailing through a classic children's book. Which, that description of it is actually pretty bang on, because it does kind of feel like you're going through a kid's book. Mm-hmm. Under the direction of designer Alice Davis and her husband, Mark Davis, Disney seamstress gathered and sewed every inch of clothing to create a faithful portrayal of each nation's traditional attire. That's over 300 outfits in all. Authentic materials were used in each region from silks, for the saris of india to find wool for the scottish bagpiper and there's a really funny scene within the imagineering story where they're talking to alice davis about creating all the costumes and she said to walt like what what is my budget per costume and he was like you source it you make it look nice you make them look like outfits that people will want to wear i'll find the money so he basically just said to her you source it and you make it look authentic and i'll find the money for it he was like i can find money that's fine. Don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> the money is not the issue here. <laughs>
0: and money. I'm just like, oh, if funny Bob Chapek could get, take a leaf out of that book, eh? Oh,
1: Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek's like, I want all the money cut back. I need to collect all the money. And that's Bob Chapek. Yeah. Um, also, interestingly, here's another Disneyland Paris fact. When It's a Small World first opened to Disneyland Paris, it actually didn't really look like Mary Blair's style. They were basically like, nah, we have to be French. <laughs> we won't do that. Um, and so it stripped away of a lot of like Mary Blair's like input into the ones that, you know, the, yeah. the good ones. Um, and then when it was leading up to Disneyland Paris' 25th anniversary, they basically did a massive refurb on it and were like, fuck, we better go back. And <laughs> um, so that's why now it looks a lot more like the american versions yeah. because people were basically like you've not done the ride right That's, come on. yeah okay.
0: the facade of it's a small world in dlp is very similar to the facade of the one in disneyland resort in walt disney world you kind of go in an, entr- an entrance and you're inside a building the whole time whereas you are outside for a lot of the queue you're you are undercover but you are outside for a lot of it so it's very similar to the Disneyland one and it has the little people on the clock tower that come out and do the little parade when the clock ding.
1: moving on the history mm-hmm. after all <laughs> Disneyland bars think they're so funny oh dear <laughs> It's a Small World was created for the 1964 to 1965 New York World's Fair personally overseen by Walt Disney in support of the United Nations Children's Fund or UNICEF the attraction was a huge hit for the two seasons at the fair and was eventually shipped back to Disneyland Park where it reopened on May 28, 1966 In 1992, It's a Small World was recreated to become an opening day attraction at Disneyland Paris, with an additional scene representing the North American continent. Ah! Due to its immense popularity, the attraction has been replicated in every Disney resort around the world and is considered a Walt Disney classic. The whole support UNICEF thing was pretty cool because every ticket sale that they had for people who rode it at the World's Fair, all the money got donated to UNICEF. Oh, cute. Yeah, it was pretty good. And something interesting about the Disneyland Paris show building is that it's each continent and stuff isn't separated by room it's actually just one big show building yeah. and they separate the continents by those like arches that you go under because oh, they didn't have yeah. the same amount of room that they have in the american parks and when they first opened the disneyland one to disneyland, disneyland paris one there was actually like an a bit after the end okay. so you go through the big shiny children uniting everyone's together children reunite go area where they've got the big ferris wheel and everyone's going around and everyone's spinning yeah <laughs> and everyone's mingling <laughs> um so you move out of that and now you leave that bit and then you get off yeah but it used to be up until 2010 i think it was there was an end bit and it was called like World Showcase Something or like One World Something and it was like a big conglomeration of basically more of the end I think oh, okay. and it was sponsored by France Telecom Right. but then in 2010 they got rid of it to build the Princess Pavilion. So do you know the, the Princess Pavilion oh, is like right beside yeah. it so they took out that end thing that France Telecom had sponsored because obviously okay. I guess France Telecom stopped giving them money and so they took it out and then built Princess Pavilion instead nice yeah because i'd always wondered why the princess civilian was so that da- like the um green pass entrance yeah why is it was in the f- s- is small, in world small world exit. that's why there you go isn't that interesting you learn something new every day there you go ladies and gentlemen that's my um that's all my stuff what else do i have here in 2008 the boats changed from fiberglass to plastic good there you go now
0: um is that because they were all breaking because you whack into each other constantly
1: that's exactly what happened yep um, also, the whole uh, "It's a Small World" song by the Sherman Brothers was initially inspired because the Cuban Mi- Cuban Missile, oh, Pri- Cuban Missile Crisis, okay, had happened two years prior, and they wanted a song that would instill peace and brotherhood into the world. Oh, cute. Yep, "It's a Small World" it's also is also the most translated song ever, and the most played song ever. Well, in fairness, it never stops. Exactly. That's why. Then also just talking about like different um, installments of it in Tokyo Disneyland, there are radically different dolls in like the Asian continent for Japan and China, and um, in China the children are singing in Mandarin, which they oh, don't in any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Then also in Hong Kong they sing in Cantonese, Korean, Mandarin, and Tagalog. I really wish the Irish doll sang in Gaelic. That would actually be great. It wouldn't be
0: that hard lads
1: no it wouldn't do you know what would be difficult in Disneyland Paris is when you're leaving and they have everything that says goodbye just say salon yeah it's one word it's yeah. not that hard yeah why i just i don't know, I don't know. especially because they have
0: ones that are blank they have little green ones that are blank they kind of vaguely yeah. look like shamrock lads i'll do it for you but just gives a tub of paint yeah
1: just one pile t- I'll, I'll just write little slan. be grand yeah it's fine anywho <laughs> Then also at the very bottom, there was like cute little pop culture references. Oh, okay. There was tons of them. So I just took two. So in the movie Rugrats in Paris, the movie, okay. they go to Euro Reptar land and there is a ride there called Ooey Gooey World. Right. Which is, it's a small world, which okay. I thought was gas because if anyone ever remembers the Rugrats, there was Reptar and he had the Reptar bar yeah, and the Reptar bar was like a chocolate bar that you'd break open and had like this green ooey goo in the middle. So I thought that was funny. And then also in Ant-Man, um, when they're stealing the yellow jacket suit from the place, uh, Michael Pina whistles the song It's a Small World while passing the security guards. Eh,
0: isn't it also in, the, and this is just one that i remember. it's remembered. in, loads it's of in things. Shrek?
1: Yes, it is in Shrek, yeah. When um, they go to... Lord Farqua. Farquhar Farqua.
0: I don't know how you say his name.
1: Uh, yeah, when they when they go, they sing that as well. There's ton- there was yeah. loads no, of No, I them. imagine there's loads. It's just that one always sticks in my head. Then, one I have that I didn't understand, and I don't think anyone's going to understand, but I thought it was funny to include. Okay. Was in 2003, US scientists translated the song into a series of DNA segments, 150 base pairs long, inserted them into the extremopholic bacterium denicosis radiodurans, and demonstrated that they could still retrieve it a hundred bacterial generations later. What that means, I've not a donkeys, but some scientists were obviously wetting themselves on how cool this was. I'm so confused. <laughs> exactly. What? And now everyone else is too. Jesus. And that's all my facts.
0: I know originally when they built It's a Small World, it obviously didn't have any characters in it. And oh. characters yeah. have been like slowly added into it and people lost their goddamn minds about it yes i don't mind the characters being in it i think it's quite fun to like point them out i think it's good for children yeah absolutely because they're
1: like oh no, yeah um
0: but when i worked in the disney store in it must have been early 2013 that this happened they brought out it's a small world singing dolls Excellent. and i think it was either there were six or there were eight different continents and they it was replicas of the dolls and you pressed a button in their stomach and then they would sing it's a small world in their relevant language
1: mm-hmm.
0: and people lost their mind for them like People were going crazy for them, like, coming in. And obviously... Are we talking, like, Frozen Elsa doll crazy? Not quite that crazy, but pretty close. Okay. Um, But people were wanting, like, the full set of them. And then when it was getting to the stage where we kind of had, like, stragglers. Mm -hmm. And then they got put upstairs to eventually go on sale. But you'd, like, walk up onto the... There's, like, there's what we call the third floor in the Disney store, which is, like, way far up storage. Stuff kind of just it's gets left there to like wait for sale. Like an attic. If you'd you will. walk in the odd time and a doll would go off, and it'd be the scariest thing in the entire freaking world. <laughs> I hated it. Also, hilariously enough, for some reason the British child didn't sell. Oh really? In the Dublin Disney store, I think three people bought it, and the rest went into sale.
1: I would have bought it probably to have the whole collection. Yeah. That would have been the only reason, maybe. But other than that, but yeah, because it had it had a real like British things accent. Things like
0: Bert from mary poppins like a real like fake cockney accent singing it's a small world it was awful i'm pretty sure they were pretty expensive as well i think they were like between 30 and 40 euro anyways Mm. they were pricey but i think the plan was that they were then going to bring out a second round of them right for some of the other nations and they just never
1: did ah disney Breaking hopes and dreams every
0: day. So that was the time, you'd always have people come in and like groups of friends and stuff, and they'd all like press them all at the same time, and you'd just be like, "Oh, people!" I distinctly remember them. They were on first floor over at the tree beside where the carpet is now. It's just very specific.
1: Oh, I know what I know where you're talking about. I worked in that shop. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: what's your what What
1: do you think of Small World? I really like Small Worlds. When I went with Ed. For our like our anniversary trip, I was like, we're going on Small World, because he was adamant that it was the one ride he wasn't gonna go on, and I was like, we're going on it, because it's gas. Hmm. Um I think it's extremely stereotypical, but I think that's something that it's just known for. Yeah. It's great, like it has a really good story, like as you've heard, like it started at the World's Fair, it's got that um like hundred and twenty-foot turn thing that's also in Castle of Progress and was in the mr lincoln ride whose name i can't fully remember oh, stories something- with mr lincoln great adventures of mr lincoln or something. no it's definitely not that great adventures with mr lincoln it's something like that yeah and also put in like circle vision so like how the ride moves and everything it's all very clever um it's very historical to disney i do enjoy like the song is obviously extremely annoying and catchy but you know it's just one of those things isn't it yeah
0: I really enjoy Small World. It's one of those rides that's, it's kind of like the teacups for me. Ah, yes. It's a quintessential, Dis- like when you think of Disney parks, you think of Small World. You think of the teacups, you think of the carousel and the castle. Like, Everything pastel. Those the hell. <laughs> really like traditional things is what you think of. Yes, the song is annoying, but there's, there's just something really charming about it. Yeah. Um, and especially when you know, and I suppose even remotely care about the history behind it and that kind of thing. I like that it's one of the more inclusive rides that DLP has as well. Well, that any Disney park has. Um, Because anyone can go on it. Oh, It's not scary. Well, for some people it might be. But like, (laughs) if you're in a wheelchair, they can get you a boat that you can just stay in your wheelchair and you can be more comfortable on the ride. I I just, yeah. I have to go on it every time I go to a Disney park. It's just an absolute staple. But... I also, there's a really hilarious memory from when me Kate and Amy went on it and we were having a really great day and there's just a really stupid inside joke and it always makes me laugh every time I go into that room now. Yes. That's because it's gas, what a day that was. That was a good day. Great day. So what's your rating of It's a Small World?
1: Um, would I put it above or below Peter Pan's flight?
0: Well, what would you give it at five?
1: Oh, at a five, four. Okay. I don't know where my fifth star is lagging. I think I just like other rides more. Hmm. So I probably shouldn't give it five. Fair. But what are you? I'm giving it a 4.5.
0: Ooh, saucy. Because, again, I don't think there's anything necessarily that it needs to improve on. It is a ride that is very near and dear to my heart. I really enjoy it. But it isn't a favourite. Yeah. So. See what I mean? I think I'm giving it the extra little bit because the costume that the cast wear is adorable
1: oh yeah it is oh do you know what my favourite thing is as well is when you're shooting off so they've got cast members either side and then you've got the cast member who's at, at the controls Just pressing the buttons but they look down on onto you at, in Disneyland Paris and it's not like the one in Disney World where you can like show placards of people to make them do things when we not that cool. And you could just you just look up and you wave at them and it always makes them smile. Yeah. And they always wave back and they're like, oh hi.
0: <laughs> I just, I think their outfits are adorable and even their little cold outfits with the little hats. Hats on the scarves. And don't get me wrong, that's the like generic Fantasyland
1: outdoorsy But it costume. just really fits with. But it's with, really cute. Yeah, it really fits with, it's a small world as well.
0: Um, I oh, i I think I'm going to put Small World ahead of Peter Pan. I was going to say because it's easier to get on. Purely. Mine is purely because I would be more upset if I had a Disney trip and I didn't go on Small World than if I had a Disney trip and I didn't go on Peter Pan.
1: I think it's better wait time per entertainment. Yeah, it's 10 minutes. Capita, I guess. 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, Peter Pan's flight is a cool ride, but it's really short. Yeah. So, like, you might wait 45 minutes. For Peter Pan's flight and be in it for 90 seconds. Yeah. But you could wait 10 minutes for Small World and be in it for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's also an extremely, extremely high loader because it just keeps on going and you can yeah. fit tons of people in the boats and you just keep on rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's, I would also put it above Peter Pan's flight purely from like a weight per experience yeah. ratio. Now, it's not miles ahead of Peter Pan. No. But I definitely think it's
0: a little bit further. Fair. Yeah, so that's everything about It's a Small World. What do you guys think of It's a Small World? What's your rating of it? Is it something that you always have to go on? Is it something that you dread going on? (laughs) Let us know. Tell us on Instagram. (laughs) So carrying on with the theme that we had a few weeks ago where we, because we are only doing episodes every second week, we're giving you guys a podcast recommendation to do you in the
1: meantime. So what's your recommendation, Kate? My recommendation is not a podcast because oh. I don't listen to that many of them. And I listen to
0: loads. So you're sort of with me. Yes,
1: yeah, But I have something else for you guys. Uh, Ed just finished an audiobook called Disney War by James B. Stewart. And he... I know it's good because every time I see him, he has at least two new Disney facts That he likes to impart on me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Cool. So, yeah. Basically, it's like Disney history, mostly. Um, And I think a little bit about how, like, Disney got involved with, like, other corporations and, like, all the tussles between them and that kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah. I think it's uh, apparently very good. High recommendation. Okay, cool. You can also read it. (laughs) You (laughs) don't just have to It's not specifically listening. We're not forcing you here.
0: (laughs) Fair. The one I'm going to recommend is called The Halloween Half Hour. Shockingly enough. Oh, you love this one. I do. So this is a podcast by my friend Amanda, or she's known as Boston White Online. And Christopher Ripley, he writes a book all about Halloween Horror Nights over in Universal. And basically it kind of is what you would assume it is based on the name so it's never half an hour long though i will say that it is false advertising on that front however (laughs) um it's just a really good podcast they give updates of anything kind of halloween related kind of upcoming horror movies or reviews of horror movies they also do a lot of interviews with people so they interviewed victoria price who is vincent price's daughter which was very cool. They had Kane Fodder, not Kane, oh Kane Fodder, Kane Hodder on, <laughs> who played Jason. That's so
1: Irish of you, father. <laughs> yeah.
0: They had Kane Hodder on and he has played Jason Voorhees more times than anybody else. He's like the Jason from the movies. Um, And then this past week, they had Joe Alves on and he was the designer of Jaws. So he created Jaws. Obviously, Steven Spielberg was the director of it, but he created all the sets and stuff. Oh,
1: cool. It
0: was really, I haven't finished fully finished his Ugh. hello Haven't fully finished listening to that episode but they were talking about some reshoots that they wanted to do so he built a Bruce head and then Steven Spielberg robbed a camera from somewhere and they filmed a mini scene in the someone off the I think it was one of the editing team's pool because they didn't quite get the shot that they wanted at Universal so they just shot it in someone's pool and it's actually in the
1: movie Wow <laughs> isn't filmmaking a marvelous thing ridiculous. <laughs>
0: absolutely ridiculous but yeah Halloween half hour totally
1: recommend amazing I think that's everything for this week guys I think so it's actually surprisingly quick I think we were just so concise and we we knew exactly what we wanted to talk about this is very true we are on the ball yeah which we aren't normally (laughs) no normally
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of
1: humming and hawing and hissing and wasn't and yeah
0: but yeah thanks very much for listening guys as always check us out on Instagram at Mickey Waffles Pod. we like to share pictures and whatnot so come be friends
1: yeah also we've um, gotten like 20 followers in the past week Woohoo! which is big for us yay it's just any milestone is a good milestone exactly so if you'd like to share an Instagram account with any of your friends please do if you'd like to send them a link to the podcast please do or make any making new friends if you have any podcasts that you think we should listen to, oh yes, then send whatever. them our way because you know I don't like to find them. I find just tend to listen to a few, and I don't listen to any of halloween Halloweeny ones.
0: No, but I did finally get you listening to one of my favorite true crime ones. That's and you do love that, name. yeah?
1: Because I enjoyed, I really enjoyed true crime. But there's some weird line between true crime and like fictional Halloween, where I'm like, no. <laughs> so
0: maybe we'll talk about that true crime podcast. Next week.
1: Absolutely. Until then, guys, see you later. Bye. Bye.